Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Storytime with Desi. Oh my god, it feels so good to be doing this again, guys. I know our schedule was really thrown out for the past maybe two months or so, or at least for the past couple of weeks. And I can blame no one else but myself since I wasn't really staying on task uh, with what I wanted to do for this podcast and kind of let myself go and and turn it also kind of mix it kind of messed up the work schedule for my uh good friends that helped me out with this podcast so i am deeply and truly sorry about that um towards the end of the school year my mind which is all over the place and some family stuff was just going on so my mind wasn't really in the greatest mindset but I do want to make up for it by saying that we are going to improve ourselves and that I personally am trying to come up with new ideas and new ways to improve how we create content and how we can interact with you as listeners and supporters of our work and of the podcast as we are always grateful to you guys for even listening to us as this is a big, big um. This is a very big breakthrough for a lot of us as writers and storytellers and voice actors, which is a way to showcase our skills here on Storytime with Desi. So thank you to all of you that are still listening to us and that still give us support by listening to our episodes. It really does mean a lot to us. Yeah, so it's a huge thank you to you guys, the listeners and viewers of our podcast and to my crew and all my friends that helped me out with this. This truly is a dream come true to still even be doing this. And yeah, so thank you to all of you. So to um, cut down the chit chat, let's get right on to it with chapter 14 of Friendly Foe. I was still uneasy about my decision. Elaine had proved herself to be a rather peculiar companion for her first impression. Her deal seemed beneficial for both of us, but I wasn't quite sure if it would stay that way in the long run. I opened my mouth to speak, but a soft voice spoke before I could utter anything. Hugo, are you out there? Gilbert had stepped out of the warehouse stumbling a bit, and tripped over the blanket still draped over his shoulder. So, the boy isn't alone after all. Elaine raised an eyebrow, not expecting company, and sighed, turning to where Gilbert stood, waving my hand so he could find us. He seemed relieved to find me before tensing when he realized I wasn't alone. Elaine took it upon herself to take control of the situation, Stepping in front of me with a slight push against my chest. Good, well, night, I suppose. You may call me Elaine. I'll be your guide till further notice. She doesn't mean to harm us, Gil. She'll, she'll just help us get what we need. I stepped over to where Gilbert was. He looked back at me with concern, almost seeming annoyed. I know what I'm doing, right? Hugo, are you sure about this? We don't know if we can trust her. She could be working for him. Did you even talk to Lewis before agreeing to this? He let the blanket fall to the ground, panicking. 
Elaine chimed in. So there's a Lewis's there. Well, fantastic. Well, the whole party. All we need is some champagne. I shot her a look. Fine, fine. I'll shut up. I put a hand on Goodwood's shoulder, attempting a small smile. He was still nervous, but he took the situation at face value. Fine, but I don't like it, alright? If Lewis doesn't like it, we'll leave without her. He knelt for a moment, picking up the blanket and giving a small nod to Elaine before returning to the warehouse. She whistled, giving me a somewhat mad look while taking wide steps to the warehouse, slightly spinning as she walked. When Lewis came back, he took the news pretty well. Boring holes into my head with a glare was one of his more calm reaction. What the hell were you thinking? Lewis asked with the most impressive facade of politeness. Look, we don't know where we're going. You can't find what we need, and she could be our only chance. So you agreed without a whim? Better for our chances than staying here. Lewis huffed and stepped back to think things over. He had a point. This girl could take us to hell and back, but for now, we needed her. I looked over to where she was leaning against the door, surprisingly calm despite the skirmish. Gilbert had been watching the fight since it started. Fine. Lewis finally spoke. She stays, but if this goes south, I punch her. Ugh, try me. Elaine chimed in, adding an obscene hand sign just to prove her point. I watched as she moved to the center of the room, clapping her hands to draw everyone's attention to where she stood. Now that the three musketeers are done with their little squabble, let's get to business. The town we're in is small, most are in poverty. However, if we can catch a train on the east side of town, we can move north to where I know a friend who will lend supplies. How do you know this? Gilbert asked, visibly amazed by her intellect. A girl has her ways. She shrugged. I don't trust that. If you're smart, like your lovely-tempered friend here, you won't trust anything. Lewis rolled his eyes, returning the rude hand gesture to her. The two traded insulting looks for a few moments, effectively confusing Gilbert and running my patience thin. Alright, if we need to take a train, when does the next one leave? Elaine looked towards the window, falling silent for a moment before turning back to me. Maybe in three hours? It's hard to tell. If we leave now... We'll have time to spare anyway. She waited for us to get our things together before we left the warehouse. As much as I was glad to be leaving, the warehouse was one of the only things that hadn't tried to kill us. It was strange, but I had a sentimental attachment. We took a similar path to the one when we first went to the town for supplies, but it was when we arrived there that the path differed. Elaine guided us past street corner after street corner and alleyway after alleyway. We stopped now and then in dark corner behind a building, despite their dislike of each other. Lewis and Elaine seemed to have made a mutual pact to get along until we were on safe ground.
Even Goober was starting to get used to her presence. How far away is the train station? I asked after we had been moving for maybe an hour. It's on the other side of town. It might take us an hour to get there. Elaine started to explain. Since you three are staying out of sight, time travel has increased. It wasn't long before she was ushering us along. We were staying behind a group to keep watch. The sun was beginning to rise, making it harder to hide. By the time we had the train station inside, it was early morning and people were starting to fill the streets. I looked back, noticing Lewis had stopped. Is everything alright? I shifted to the back of the group, loosely holding his arm to remind him to keep on the move. For now, I feel like someone's following us. He slowly started to walk again and spoke in a hushed voice. Should we worry now? I let go of his arm and matched his tone. If there is someone, they've kept their distance. We should pick up the pace, though. He glanced at the area over. We arrived at the train station soon enough, staying in a small alleyway between the station and what looked like some sort of diner. Elaine had explained that we needed to wait till the train was moving before we could jump on. Louis had kept quiet about his earlier thoughts, but I was still on edge. We had stayed put there in the alleyway until it was time to move a bit closer to the train that would take us to the next town over. We shared bits of bread that we had stolen the other day, giving us a bit of energy before boarding. While Lewis passes around the loaf of bread, I take in mind what Lewis had said before. Were we being watched? My mind was frightened at the idea as it would imply that he found us. But that was just speculation. It could be anything. Maybe Lewis is just a bit nervous around Elaine, so that's why he's being a bit on edge. Although that wouldn't go without saying that I felt a bit of unsteadiness, even though it was me that made the deal with her. Shaking my head to get out of my thoughts, I turned to look at the passing street just outside of the alleyway. The usual bystanders passed, and bits and pieces of nearby conversations were heard. My mind started to calm to the noise of the now busy street. Taking a deep breath, I focused on the sounds around me and tuned out the others that were beside me. The cold breeze blew overhead. The voices of older men surrounded us, and the small laughter of children rushed by. All was still and calm. Then a rush of footsteps were heard as a group of people walked past the alleyway from the diner next to us. Looking out across the street once the group had passed us, I saw a black coat and boots emerge from the alleyway across from us. My eyes grew wide and my body started to shake as a chill ran down my spine. How did he find us? My thoughts raced against my skull as I saw a face emerge from the darkness of the alleyway, forming an all-too-familiar fine bearded face, cold eyes, and ghostly pale skin. He was here. My mind thought as my heartbeat echoed all around me, as the cold sweat ran down my brow as my breathing sped up. What do we do? Do we run? Surely this can't be real. Thoughts clouded my sense of reason as I 
can only hear their screams. My heart now felt heavy, my chest weighing me down in place. Staring out into the darkness of the alleyway, I see a pistol rise in his hand, aiming directly at my skull. My heart pounds louder and louder in my ears as my heart sinks lower in my body. I hear him whisper as it echoes off the alley walls. Hey Hugo! I let out a small shocked gasp as I turned around and flinched away from whoever was speaking to me. Backing up into the brick wall behind me, I slowed down my breath and blinked rapidly to see Gilbert handing me a small piece of bread as the others stared on with confusion and concern in their expressions. I dart my eyes around, trying to see if any of what I saw was real. Quickly, I look out into the street, to the other alleyway, and there's no sign of them. Had it all been fake? Was I just hallucinating from paranoia? Hugo, I said you're next. Gilbert's soft voice thrilled me in from my sea of thoughts. Whilst also holding out a piece of bread towards me. Cold sweat still lingers on my face, but I swallow the lump in my throat and reach out for the piece of bread. Right. Uh, right. Thank you. My voice wavers as I felt like crying from the experience. But I held my composure and ate what was handed to me. Alrighty then, we have about... 10 to 15 minutes left till boarding, so let's get a move on. Elaine noted as we started to move in the direction of the train station. As we moved, I saw her glimpse behind herself and towards me with a strange look in her eyes. I wasn't too keen on trying to figure out why she was concerned. Moving towards the now floating crowds, we moved closer together with me lingering in the back with Lewis. Elaine had warned us to stick together as the crowd could easily sweep one of us away if we weren't careful. But after looking around, I saw a sort of people that I've never really seen before. Some wore suits and tall black hats, while others wore big, colorful dresses with fur around their shoulders and dawn feather decorated hats. While, yes, I have seen these type of people in small groups back in Houston, I've never seen a hive quite like this before. I looked towards Lewis, who shrouded a bit in front of me as we walked along the sides of an empty train. The air felt tense after Lewis' proclamation. It created a sense of uneasiness in me that made me feel like a field mouse stuck in the tall grass. As we make our way out through the growing crowds with the chatter of, of passing passengers all around us, we had to swiftly move and dodge past the moving passengers. I felt my heart grow heavy as I suspected for an unexpected tragedy to take place. Our pace gradually speeds up and we move faster through the crowd. I tried to keep up the pace, but my eyes started all around me looking for a pair of eyes that may be looking for us. Steam blows in my face, causing me to stop in surprise, but when I look around for the others, they're nowhere in sight. My eyes start around, desperately looking for any signs of the others. 
Gilbert! I shout into the crowd, but no response is shouted back. My world starts to spin as I turn in all directions in the crowd, trying to find the others. Getting my head on straight, I bolt in a random direction through the crowd, running at full speed. I was ramming into people and going off in random directions when the steam from the stopping trains hit my face. Faster, faster, faster I ran through the crowds, unsure of where I was and what to do next. Suddenly my body shot off hard into a new direction with a hand wrapped around my wrist, leading me away from the crowds and into a gap between some train cars. I told you to stay near the group. I heard Elaine whisper shout in my face as she stood near me, but I didn't take any regard for her anger as I barely glimpsed at her and covered my sides with my head. I let out a few tears drip down to the tip of my nose as my head faces the track below my feet. A small sigh escapes Elaine as she grabs my wrist from my head and softly pulls me further down the platform to a different train. After joining the group, we board a slow-moving cargo car and avoid security by hiding some crates until the train starts to move further down the tracks. No one had talked a while into our travels since no one wanted to question what had happened. Although Gil, being the kind person that he is, tried to ask what had happened, I merely turned away and retreated to a dark corner in the car and hid. So... Where are you heading? Elaine started to speak in an attempt to fill the silence among us. None of us spoke as we had no real idea where to go. Somewhere safe. We can. Are you running from something? You don't need to know. I hear Lewis put in. Whoa, easy there, pal. Just trying to piece together the puzzle. Is someone after you? Lewis backed off after that and sat in silence with Gilbert as they sat next to each other for warmth in the cold train car. Are they a bad person? Eileen probed even further into what we were doing, but neither Lewis nor Gilbert answered her question. Stir the devil. I spit out as I remained curled up in the corner of the cargo car. Oh. I'm sorry. She stayed quiet after that, and, and nothing passed but the sound of metals on the wheel track and the shaking of the car. We don't know how. Besides, what can we do? No one listens to orphans. <laughs> if I had that kind of thinking, I would have lived this far on the streets. Well, you have no idea what we've been through. Been through. Listen here, but I've lived my life on the streets. And believe me, I've seen just about as much as you have, or even worse. But at least you had somewhere to go. Not all of us are that lucky. Elaine calms herself down towards the end of her remark to almost a whisper. A small thud followed as her back was pinned against the wooden wall of the car. Silence trailed along as we took the time to digest what she had shared. While at first I was a bit offended since she had no idea what we experienced, I then lost a bit of that anger as I processed her words.
if we could stop them. Believe me, I would. I spit out, not sure how I would carry out that promise because I had no real way to fight back. Well, why not go to the Queen? Alright, and that's it for chapter 14 of Metal Plague. Oh my god, that felt so good to be doing this again. And I, I'm really out of practice, guys. I will tell you that. And... God, it is so, it just feels so good to be doing this again. It really does, believe me. Even though we haven't done it for a few weeks, this really does feel so good. Um, but I do need to practice, I will say that. <laughs> I may have let myself go with uh, recording all that for the past few weeks. But I do hope, I do hope to improve myself as we still continue on and writing and all that. And, uh, if you want to listen to my mishaps of today's, um, of today's episode and my crew at, or my other voice actors as we lost in touch with our characters, or at least our characters' voices since we have not done this for a while, so we may be a bit rusty while doing this, but you want to listen to our funny mishaps and just us struggling to play these characters that you guys know then go to our patreon where you get things as bloopers early access digital copies and much more and much more content for the podcast and you'll be paying some and you'll be paying tiers from three dollars to nine dollars to help support us and getting extra um Bonus content that we do not provide here where you listen to our podcast. And I just want to say that a new thing that we have decided to add to the Patreon is that for the Ultra tier, if you're listening to this on YouTube or if you're not, then I suggest go to our YouTube channel, click on any one of our videos and put a comment and put down a comment with the questions that you would like to ask the characters of Metal Plague, which would include Elaine, Hugo, Lewis, or Gil, or maybe even Percival. And if you really want to, maybe even our departed friend Nova will answer your questions about the story, the backstories, or even the characters themselves. And we, the voice actors, will be answering those questions in the voices of our characters and in their mindsets. If you would like to do that, please go to YouTube and look up Storytime with Desi and just comment on any one of our videos and we will try to answer them in an exclusive um, audio track on our Patreon for our ultra tier Patreons. And before we signed off, I will say that still we are in the process of getting our Instagram up and running, but something that you should be expecting hopefully soon enough, we will be... Um, putting up release dates and follow-ups for a secondary podcast that we'll be publishing. That will be a sub branch of po- uh, that will be a sub branch of Storytime with Desi. That's all about horror. So if you're a horror, f- um, if you're a horror fanatic and like started up, uh, started up podcasters with a few, um, few short stories of horror then please keep an eye out for that on our Instagram. We will be posting 
a flyer and some updates about that and some stories that you should be expecting to hear from us. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I think that's about it. Yeah, so, again, thank you to all of you who still listen to us. It does really mean a lot to us as we put in this much work for you guys and to have our stories heard so that way we can just know that someone appreciates what we do in our work as writers, actors, and anything else in between. So thank you so much for your support, and thank you so much to my friends and my crew for giving me so much support too in doing this. I really couldn't do it without you guys. I really owe you so much, and I can never repay my debt. Or maybe I could. Well, I could. Actually, I could. (laughs) But, yeah. Just know that this part of my life is forever in debt to you guys. As you guys have made, like, this year the best of my life for doing this. And just knowing that I'm fulfilling what, as a writer, should do. Just finding a way to tell a story. Even if I may not get anything out of it, it's good to know that some people are listening. So thank you so much for tuning in this week. We will, I promise you, we will try to better ourselves, especially me, since I'm the head of operation. I will try to better myself at this. So thank you for staying by our side for so long. Alright, I am Desi, and you're listening to Story time with Desi. Bye.